Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. Water. 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 Good evening. Thank you very much to SJ and Sam for a great show. You're listening to Wisdom Decosta now on Politically Correct with you for the next hour and we're going to unveil our guest presenter, our new presenter. And tonight on the show we'll be talking about new COVID regulations with officers from different parts of the borough and also the area talking, telling us what's going on. And of course we'll be also hitting up and talking about Afghanistan and the terrible things going on there. Well, hello there. Welcome to River Radio and Politically Correct for the next hour here on the 18th of August, I believe. And I'm about to unveil my new presenter. So, drum roll. (laughs) How was that? Okay, (laughs) great. This is Lars Swan. Lars, welcome to the show and welcome to being a new presenter on River Radio and on Politically Correct. Thank you very much, Wisdom. So, Lars, we've known each other for a bit, but... The residents and listeners out there don't know you. Tell us a bit about yourself. So I, um, my name is Lars Swan. I've been living in Berkshire probably for about 15, 20 years now. Um, I, um, I I live in Windsor, um, not too far from you, Wisdom. And um, I, um, I have a family, two children, two girls. Um, and I'm, I also run an um, accounting business, um, as well as being involved with um, the local, um, one of the local political parties um, in Windsor. Okay. Who should not be named yet. But yes. <laughs> I think people will get the idea of who you are, where you're from. So what's your interest in politics, Lars? So I've been, um, I've been around in politics for probably about since just 1998 was the first time I got involved in politics, mainly national politics and local government. So I've had a interest um, in the political scene in Berkshire for quite a number of years, but yep. I've also I've also had to take a step back on a, a couple of occasions because I've been involved in some rather politically restricted roles. Um, so I I've been around in Bracknell, um, Maidenhead, Windsor, and and um, and Raysbury. Okay, we'll come back to some of those roles. Uh, tell us about your sort of um, background because I think from a family p- perspective, you've got an interesting history. So I'm. Um, I have my foot in both camps of the Brexit argument. Right. So I've got dual nationality. So I'm British and German, um, German by um, by birth, and British by adoption. Right. Okay. So I, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in two camps. So if I'm travelling outside of Europe, then I use my British passport. And if I'm travelling within Europe, I use my German passport. I can't say anything about that. Yes. <laughs> and, and what was it like when it comes to football, though? Sorry, I have to mention the football. You see, I'm not a, I'm not a football fan, but I do wind my wife up by saying I'm going to buy a shirt that's half English and half German. Okay. And what about, you've got two girls as well, haven't you? Delightful yeah, girls. I've got, a, I've got a 12-year-old and an 8-year-old. Okay. And are they obviously they're at school? And um, what do they like? Do they like football? Are they into politics? They seem to be into computers, apps, and and sitting in their room on their computers for 
lengths of time. Okay, we'll say no more. <laughs> Girls, if you're listening, I believe Daddy has a song for you later on. <laughs> I think it's Daddy's. Yeah. I think it's yours. I don't think it's Dad's. No. <laughs> so what got you interested in politics? Um, local government, really, in Bracknell Forest, because I was very sort of started getting involved in the local um, associations and the issues that were going on in Bracknell, and that just kind of transcended when we moved to Windsor. Um, that it was interesting. I when I moved to Windsor, I never, um, I I never had the intention to stand until I got collared um, by a um, local councillor who insisted that I stand a by election, which of course you and I wisdom will know all about. Absolutely, but but what actually drove you at Bracknell Forest to say, look, you know what, these services are not good or I have a problem with what's going on here, to then say, look, I'm going to get off my backside, get out into the cold air, you know, at times for campaigning, for getting involved with um, talking to people, strangers, who may or may not want to see you at times. Yeah. What made you take that big step? It's the drive to build the town centre in Bracknell. It was a, it was a big project um, and it was something that the local people wanted and it took 10, 15 years to, to, to get it to where, to the planning stage. And of course now the lexicon is, is obviously there. So the, the, it's the regeneration of Bracknell Town Centre, because if, if you went to the old town centre, it was very much a 1960s, 1970s style mm. town centre. Um, and it did need complete... Um, a complete refresh. It um, certainly it needed. It was a little bit tired to use an expression. Yes, and there's no, there was no, there was no nighttime economy really in Windsor. You, in, sorry, in, in Bracknell, you had, you had a couple of pubs that were fairly popular. You had one nightclub, but if you wanted to go out for a night, you you had to make the effort to go to to Windsor or to go to Reading. Most people would have gone to Reading. Windsor's quite a challenge to get to on the train from Bracknell because you've got to kind of go in go into Staines and then come back out into mm. into um, Slough and then take another train to Windsor, whereas Reading was the favoured um, option for the younger so people. So when you're looking for the concept of redevelopment for Bracknell, and, and it's um, I'm just trying to sort of understand where you're coming from that, you're looking to sort of look upgrade Bracknell, so to speak, make it more vibrant and bright. My, my view was yep. to knock it down and rebuild it, but... Um, but that's not what happened. They, and is that because you're a property developer or the, what was the situation there? It, what it, was motivating you there? Choice of shopping. Because the choice in in Bracknell was very limiting. Okay. Um, and there is, I mean, the choice now is brilliant, but Bracknell at that time was a bit like what Maidenhead and Windsor are currently like. Right. And what? how does... That inform has, does that inform any aspect of what you're doing today, or you still got a great interest in developments? I'm more. I have an interest in. Um, I have an interest in planning. I have an interest, a big interest in education, mainly because my daughters both go to school, which is one of the interests. I'm mm. also a school governor, so I have an interest in one of the local primary schools. Okay, um, I- in in helping to improve um, educational outcomes. For for young people. Okay. What would be your vision for the town, for the area, if you had one based on your planning experience and based on your sort of experience of Bracknell? 
I think I don't think Bracknell's finished. I think um, there are further stages. Bracknell no longer has a court um, system there where it used to have a magistrate's court. I don't think they use a magistrate's court anymore. The police station is very it's used, utilised very little. I think there ought to be a, a bigger police presence in terms of buildings in, in, in Bracknell as well as a court system in Bracknell. The nearest court is Slough or, or Reading. Okay. And schooling, what would be what would you're looking at for schooling? Is it just about improving the grades, improving the process? What in particular oh, see, this gets is, you going on schooling? So for Windsor and um, my my issue at the moment with Windsor is there isn't a co-educational um, upper school in Windsor for Windsor children, mm-hmm. whereas um, and the catchment for places like Hollyport is quite challenging to get into. So you only have two choices in in Windsor, which is Windsor Boys or Windsor Girls School. And I think my well, my wife put together a petition on on that exact issue to the to the Royal Borough. The um interesting the the officer in in charge of the department actually agreed with us. But said there's nothing they can do about it because there aren't there isn't enough children. So what did your petition call or your wife's petition call for? Called for um, the Royal Borough of Windsor and Maidenhead to provide a co-educational upper school for Windsor children. Okay, all right. So you've got Churchmead, but Churchmead takes most of its intake from Slough schools. Okay, now. If we can switch a little bit and look yeah. at your career, sort of history. So you said you're an accountant. You've run a few accounting businesses. So I've, um, I've, I've had a varied career. Um, I started my career in the entertainment industry. Um, and then I kind of fell upon Bracknell. And um, I couldn't um, generate income from the entertainment industry. So I kind of fell into finance. And that's when I kind of trained to be an accountant, started working for some big pharmaceutical companies. Um, I got made redundant. Um, I did some work for um, Thames Valley Police for a few years. Um, and then I went into practice. And then after after five years in practice, working for another accounting firm, I set up my own accounting business. I mean, I've had other businesses because I've, I have a, I'm a third, probably third generation um, professional photographer in our family because my grandfather my father um who is who is in the army but was also a photographer for um the army and my uncle were all photographers so i've had wedding businesses but i wouldn't i would never do a wedding again okay now what do you think your business experience brings to the show will bring to the show i'm going to look at that and then we'll ask you about other aspects of what you're looking for what you might bring to the show how you develop it over the next few months what about your business aspects how's that informed so your politics we I specialise in small business, family businesses, um, and the taxation of that. And there's been a lot of um, there's been a lot of issues over you know furloughing, over you know directors who take you know sort of efficient salaries and lots of dividends, not being able to claim any any SEISS because they chose the option to take a dividend rather than taking, you know, a salary or it, it, there have been a lot of 
issues surrounding that. I've been doing a lot of work with companies claiming um, bounce back loans, recovery loans. Mm. So we've we've been we we concentrate on companies that are below the audit audit threshold. And how does that impact your politics or the things that you see need to be changed either at council level or at government level? I think sometimes I don't agree with my clients on taxation. I actually think some of my clients should pay more tax, but um, I taxation is a big issue, particularly coming up because, of course, they're looking at potentially changing CGT um, so that it lines with income tax. And and they were they were talking about the other day about inheritance tax using inheritance tax to 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 kind of almost like a tax grab back to pay for COVID. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, tax pays for services and we've spent a lot of money. So I expect that the government wants to bring tax back somehow. But the question is, who do we tax and where and when and how? Okay. so what are you going to bring to the show? What are your sort of plans and thoughts for the future for this show? So I'm I'm kind of middle of the road type politician rather than, you know, so I'm more of um, I'm more of the blue end than the (laughs) than the red yellow end. I kind of sit in the centre, really. I think I could go. I could go. Isn't that the Lib Dems? yeah that kind of is yeah um i don't like the color yellow (laughs) or even orange (laughs) or orange so so i have um i can i'm hoping to be able to bring um some of the local um mps in on you know on issues that are surround that are of of importance to people in berkshire so i will I, i do have the some of the influence to be able to get some of the MPs around okay. the table um, in, in certain areas. So my, my interest would be to see if I can get some MPs in some of the local councillors, some of the leaders of the councils, to talk about stuff that's relevant to people in Berkshire. Not just talk, I think we should open them up to questioning, well, don't you exactly, think? exactly, yes. All right. Lars, welcome to the show. Welcome to, uh, to being our new presenter. I'm going to play a song now. It's a song for you that sounds really a bit romantic, doesn't it? It's sort of a man crush sort of thing, but it's not. It's Perfect by Ed Sheeran. I found a love for me Darling, just dive right in Follow my lead I found a girl Beautiful and sweet I never knew you were the someone waiting for me Cause we were just kids when we fell in love Not knowing what it was I will not give Darling, you look perfect 
a bit of Ed Sheeran perfect you're welcome back to River Radio and Politically Correct you're listening to Wisdom to Costa and we've just unveiled our new presenter Lars Swan Lars hello again hello again great so we're not going to move on to Covid the regulations changed fundamentally in the last few weeks and particularly this week and we're going to introduce now introduce you to David Scott who's the head of communities at the Royal Borough Windsor Maidenhead and also the Covid response officer at RBWM. David, hello. Hello, Wisdom. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Great. How are you? Thank you very much for coming on to the show. Can you tell us more about the, the new rules and regulations which have come into place this week, which seem potentially a little bit complicated? Yes, I'll try and explain and uh, demystify them. They are um, nuanced, and, and so I'll take you through what some of those issues are. Uh, as you say, on the 16th of August, the uh, position was changed, um, and this was in connection with the uh, requirements if you are identified as a close contact of a confirmed case by the NHS track and trace. Um, there are now some uh, exemptions. There's four different main exemptions uh, if you've got a contact with a confirmed case, which would avoid you having to follow what was in place previously in terms of isolation. Um, so the first of those is if you're fully vaccinated um, and you're an adult, 
and you've received your final dose, uh, final dose of uh, an approved uh, vaccine from a UK vaccine program at least 14 days before you were identified as a confirmed contact with a positive case. So that's the first one. Um, so had your double dose more than 14 days ago, uh, you're, you're, you no longer have to um, continue to be uh, isolated. Um, the children and young people of less than 18 years and six months old, they, they can fall into the exemption as well. That's the second category. The third one is those who are part of a clinical trial and taking part in uh, an approved uh, COVID vaccine clinical trial. And then the fourth one is those who've got medical exemptions uh, and they can evidence that they're not allowed to be vaccinated for medical reasons. Um, those people who are in one of those four exemptions are advised to take a PCR test. So that's a polymerase chain reaction, the more detailed right. test, uh, rather than just a lateral flow device, LFT, they're sometimes called. Um, and um, as long as you get a negative test back from that PCR test, then you wouldn't need to continue to self-isolate. That's the, that's the shortest way I can describe it. All right. Are we saying that things have pretty much gone back to normal or are they, are, are we, have we got sufficient numbers of people who are not fully vaccinated to cause problems? Uh, well, certainly we haven't gone back to fully normal, I I'm, I'm regret to say, but we are making progress uh, and progress really is very strongly linked to vaccination. Um, and as you know, there's increasing proportions of the population uh, are now vaccinated and have had their both doses of their the range of different vaccines that are now being used. And as a result, the prevalence of the disease, although in the community it's still higher than we want it to be, it is better. And there is a better or, or a lower risk of those transmissions. But the rates are still higher than we want. And so it's really important that people continue to be COVID safe and continue to practice uh, safe measures to help us drive down the infection rates uh, to to keep the disease under control. So when you say that infection rates and also perhaps, um, I don't know how many people are dying at the moment, that these are greater than you'd expect them to be, how high are they and what stage do they have to, to get where you'd be concerned? Um, well, the, the infection rates are tracked very closely and vary on a daily basis. Um, and if you looked at the Berkshire Public Health website, which is a, a fantastic uh, resource, and it's available uh, to everyone to log on. And so if you haven't looked at it, I would encourage you and your listeners to look at the Berkshire, www.berkshirepublichealth, all one word, .co.uk website, and it gives you the, the up-to-date information. So as of today, um, in Windsor and Maidenhead, the infection rate reported to the 12th of August, and we're always looking a little bit behind because we wait for the rates to be confirmed. Uh, the, the current weekly rate per 100,000 of population is 281. And if you compare that to uh, Berkshire as a whole, uh, which is uh, you know, a reasonable judgment, the Berkshire as a whole rate is uh, 280, so we're very similar as a council. If you look at Slough or you look at Bracknell, um, they have each got individual rates. The Bracknell rate is uh, just over 260. I think the Slough rate is just um, uh, over 290. So we're, you know, we're in the same sort of region uh, and very close to the overall Berkshire average. Um, 
the the rates we would like and we we enjoyed previously were much lower, uh, and so we, there has been uh, a bit of an increase in uh, recent weeks. Um, we had a peak at the end of um, January, post Christmas. Uh, you probably remember the rates went up, uh, and we were up somewhere in the four hundred and twenty mark. I think at the top of the hour for our borough, it was two four hundred and twenty five. Okay, but if you look back at May, um, so. Uh, earlier in this year, the, the case rates were down at 9, 10, 11, 12, so a lot lower. So we're certainly not over yet, I'm afraid. All right. Now, you mentioned that if, and, just clarify, and please correct me if, I'm, if I've got this wrong, if people have had their, both their vaccinations and they are pinged, they don't have to self-isolate. But if they start uh, to show symptoms, what do they do? So if they are uh, contacted by track and trace as being identified as someone who has been in close contact with a positively diagnosed positive case, um, then they are advised to get a PCR test. And you can do that by um, phoning and you can get one through the post the next day, do the test, send it off. Until that time, you should isolate. But when you get that result back, and normally they come back the next day, maybe it's 48 hours, uh, and if it was negative then you would be released from okay. the need to continue to self-isolate. So a lateral flow test is not good enough in that situation? That's correct. A lateral flow test is a much quicker test. Uh, you can go to uh, one of the community sites, or again, you can get them delivered in the post, or you can go and collect them from the pharmacy. Um, and you can do one of those tests or have it done at a, at a community site, and you'd get an answer in 30 minutes. But it is not as accurate. And the important bit about PCR tests is that it allows the the labs to also do the genotyping. So that helps us test for the variants of concern, which I'm sure listeners will be aware of is one of the issues that obviously the the virus can continue to uh, mutate. And the Delta variant is the most recent one that we've had a lot of discussion around. But um, the the issue is you can't test through the uh, lateral flow device testing for that sort of genome, you have to do that through a PCR test. Okay, so let me just get this right. So a PCR test, if you've been double vaccinated or if you've been pinged, then you get a PCR test. Where, what happens if you've just, if you haven't been pinged and you start to show symptoms? So again, we'd always say test, don't guess. And so you could go and get, if you've got symptoms, uh, you're showing signs of coronavirus symptoms, you should go to a, a PCR test and you can book one of those. Um, and there are sites where you could do uh, a walk-in. So, for example, there's a site near the, uh, in the middle of Maidenhead uh, yep. there on a daily basis that you could go to. Uh, there, there's a website um, that you could look at. If you look at the Berkshire website, there is a, a postcode, find your nearest site, uh, and you can then book in. There are tests um, a couple of days a week at Windsor. And so there are lots of different tests. There's sites over in Slough, so there's, there's tests available. If you've got symptoms, you should go and get a PCR test rather than uh, just go to a lateral flow because they are uh, primarily targeted asymptomatic um, people. Okay. Now, we've heard a lot of conversation about this pandemic and how people are being pinged and having to push away from work. I suppose that the pandemic concept the impact on people not being able to work will be reduced if they've already been double vaccinated. Is that what you're saying? Uh, indeed. Part of the, the logic of this week's changes is to reduce the uh, impact of people unnecessarily having to isolate. Um, and it's a, it's a balancing act. You know, we've got to protect the community. 
and so we do know that if you've uh, become infectious, you could be asymptomatic. You may not realize you're uh, infectious and therefore able to spread the disease. But people who have got their vaccine, uh, had their double doses and are um, more than 14 days beyond will have started to develop the maximum uh, benefit from the vaccination. And those benefits really are fourfold. One, it, it reduces the likelihood of you catching it. Secondly, it reduces the risk of you transmitting it. You, be, you are less likely to transmit. Thirdly, it reduces the risk of you uh, feeling seriously unwell and becoming more seriously unwell from the vaccine. The impact once you've been vaccinated is now a good evidence base that shows that it's not as much. And, and last of all, you are helping to protect the wider community, uh, protecting your families, your friends through those means. Um, so it's really important that people... Okay. So, uh, take up the opportunity. Now, I've heard people say, look, you know, I'm, I'm fed up with this now and I'm going to delete the, the COVID app from my phone so I don't get pinged. Is that a wise thing to do? Uh, no, no. We, we would encourage people to continue to use the app. But uh, the, the important thing is that we continue to be tested and the increased levels of community testing have helped us control the disease. Um, but if, if you've been pinged that will mean and, and they made changes to the app relatively recently to improve the effectiveness by reducing the time interval between uh, when somebody may have been captured on the app and someone may have been close to somebody who was positively identified so that's an improvement and that combined with today's or this week's changes to the isolation self-isolation requirements has reduced the number of people who are being uh, pinged and and therefore uh, restricted because they need to self-isolate until they've got a test that says, no, actually, they're not. They were at risk of being infected because they were in close proximity to somebody, but actually they haven't in become infected. So it sounds like we need a bit of discipline, but it's not unworkable and it's all reasonable in terms of the impact on people's lives. I think that's the balance and that's, that's what we're trying to achieve. As a nation, we've got to balance the uh, effects of us on individuals and effect on us as a society and our community. And as you know, earlier on in the pandemic, the impact on the NHS was even greater. Uh, the number of people who were dying as a result of getting the disease was much higher. And the numbers of deaths, I'm really pleased to be able to report, is much lower today than it was um, certainly last year and indeed earlier this year. And that's partly because uh, the vaccine is starting to have an effect and some of the most vulnerable people, the older people, uh, who were experiencing much more significant symptoms and much more difficult um, experiences from the virus are obviously better protected because they were the first to get the vaccine uh, in the cohorts that were that were vaccinated by age block, as you know, over the last few months. And have you seen that benefit? I think in early on in the, in the piece, we were looking at many deaths in care homes. Have you seen that benefit and reduction in, in the death rate in care homes and other vulnerable groups? Yes, there's been a, an overall reduction in um, death rates until um, this week. We'd actually had no deaths reported in our borough. Uh, since May the 21st. That's excellent. And so we'd gone for quite a, a number of months. Uh, sadly, we've had uh, one death reported uh, just recently. Okay. Now, what about people who were worried about income? So they have to isolate. And if they do have to isolate, is there any support for certain groups of people in relation to a grant or income or, or any sort of 
Um, yes, there help. is a, a self-isolation support grant. Um, again, that's it's not straightforward, so I won't try and give you the details of it, but I would uh, recommend that anybody who is caught in uh, requiring to isolate, uh, they can make contact with uh, the council, uh, go through the website, uh, and the details will take you to the team who are dealing with those grants. There are certain criteria. It's, it's not the council's scheme. It's the, it's the government scheme. Um, but we are uh, keen to let those people who are eligible under the criteria for that to be able to get the support that it can offer. Okay. And of course, there are lots of other groups and charities like the West Windsor Hub just or um, driven forward. Many groups across the borough, not just across the borough, but across the Thames Valley who do help support individuals with COVID or which symptoms have to self-isolate. Is there a coordinated point where people can find out where they can go if they live in a specific area? Uh, they can certainly find out more from our website. And there, there is a lot of groups, as you say, a number of them started up last year as a result of the pandemic. Others were groups that were in place um, already, voluntary sector organisations uh, that have uh, added support to the COVID, to the work that they were doing. And you mentioned Driven Forward there. That's a good example of an, an organisation that was uh, already established but uh, has continued throughout COVID to support vulnerable individuals who may have been impacted by the COVID uh, infections. Okay. For RBWM specifically, what sort of programmes are being offered or outreach is there to help drive infection rates down? Are there any particular groups you're trying to reach out to? Yes. In, in recent weeks, we've been trying to reach uh, a number of, uh, of the, the individuals who haven't yet taken up their vaccination. Um, we know from the the figures that we're getting back that uh, there is some differences between different groups of individuals for different reasons, we believe, um, and they haven't taken the opportunity. As I said earlier on, the vaccination, as I'm sure the listeners will know, was rolled out in a, an age cohort basis way uh, with the age groups coming down. Uh, really good news now that we're offering vaccinations to 16 and 17 year olds. Uh, which has recently just opened up. Uh, the 18 plus age groups um, have been open for a little while. And as you go up the age groups in five-year bands, more or less, um, the, the longer ago you could have got a vaccine. Um, but we know that not everyone has taken up a vaccine. So we are trying to reach those. So we've had, for example, pop-up uh, uh, vaccination places at various locations, uh, including outside the leisure centres, to sure. try and encourage people who... I may have thought, oh, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know what it's about. Do I want to get one? To give them the opportunity to ask somebody, uh, and I would encourage anybody who's not certain uh, if they should or they shouldn't to talk to their GP uh, or another medical advisor, and they can help you uh, work through your concerns and uh, ensure that actually you understand why uh, getting the vaccination is in your best interests and uh, in the wider community's best interest so, as well. So it sounds as if the vaccination rates are improving, so the number of people they across are. the borough and across the Thames Valley. So that's great. Are there any other patterns aside of these one or two little areas or pockets of, or, of individuals who, who, don't, who are reluctant to be vaccinated? So we know, Wisdom, that there are a number of different um, inequalities. Some of them are um, around uh, age, some of them are around location. Some of them are around um, 
sex. So we've got more women than men. Um, men seem to be more reluctant than women uh, overall. Uh, and so against all of those different things, we've got uh, activity to try and reach out to some of the groups that we know haven't. And, and some of it may be because of religious beliefs. Sure. Some of it may be because of other reasons uh, in terms of, you know, they, they may not be uh, as comfortable with vaccinations. It may be that they they are wanting to have a family and are thinking about uh, starting a family and, and feel that it's um, not a good idea to have the vaccination if, if that's their circumstances. Really good to know, though, that the NMC, the, the Nursing and Midwifery Council, have reaffirmed and put out a very strong message that says, actually, the balance between getting the vaccine and not getting the vaccine, it is far better and far safer overall for you to get a vaccination, even if you're pregnant, yeah. uh, than not to get the vaccination. Because if you were to catch COVID, the consequences would be um, greater and they can be reduced if you've had the vaccination. And of course, with everything, there's always a risk. Uh, it's just a question of which risk is, is, is are you more likely to want to take? Indeed. And, and that's, that's a very good way of looking at it. And, and, the, the medical advice, uh, and I'm, I'm here to support the medical delivery of our response uh, in terms of uh, responding to COVID and helping the wider community is that overall it's better to have been vaccinated. And so anyone who's uh, uncertain or hasn't yet taken up that opportunity, uh, they might think it's too difficult to do. It's not difficult. There's been some real issues with people who've got fear of needles. Um, and that's a very genuine fear for some people, but actually it's a very quick process and uh, people can uh, make sure that they get. I completely uh, understand that. I have to say, I always look away <laughs> when they're doing that. <laughs> so what's happening with Public Health England then? We are sort of re- releasing the reins gradually. Have they got any concerns, any fears for what might happen late into the summer and into the autumn, because every time we've released the rains, there have always been spikes in cases. Mm-hmm. So as we uh, approach the end of summer and move into autumn and winter, um, there is concern that actually normal annual cycles outside of COVID means that there are increases in respiratory disease and, and infections. And that could add to the problems that are being caused by the current uh, COVID virus uh, because those levels of infections, the, the, the flus uh, and other chest uh, conditions aren't as prolific during the summer months because it's yep. warmer and better conditions. So yes, that's another reason that we want to drive down the rates to try and make sure that we keep the, uh, the numbers of people who have infections um, and who are needing to be hospitalized. I think I said earlier on, I'm really pleased to say that the number of people requiring hospitalisation as a result of the vaccines is much reduced compared to this time last year, uh, when obviously people weren't vaccinated and there was much higher proportion of people needing very intensive care. Um, And that's the problem. The disease is and was uh, requiring huge amounts of resource, uh, which has improved, which is really positive. And and the, the numbers haven't come through yet, but we've can't be complacent. Now, you've hinted at the overlay of something like flu, seasonal flu, with coronavirus. What about the overlay of flu with long COVID? Have we any concerns about how that might impact people with long COVID? 
Uh, I think it's still relatively early days in, in the medical understanding of long COVID, and I'm, I'm not a doctor, but uh, it is recognised now very much as a very real issue, and they are doing lots of studies to try and get a better understanding. And I think there are concerns, you're right, that uh, people who may have long COVID, if they were then to also... Uh, become subject to a flu infection, a part of seasonal flu, um, that would have a, a greater effect. And therefore, uh, again, it's about to start. The NHS will start their normal annual uh, flu vaccination work and uh, they will be opportunities for people to get a vaccination against the seasonal flu. flu. Um, there is concern that actually this year, because last year there was actually a much lower level of seasonal flu during the winter and that was because we were being good we weren't seeing so many people we were staying at home we were being careful about infection control and therefore the uh, numbers of people who actually uh, caught flu last year were lower than normal that could mean that more people may be susceptible this year because they didn't have it last year and have a resistance is there any noise from phe that they might expand the flu vaccination program uh, I'm, I'm not uh, aware of the le- very latest, but I know that they are looking to start and roll out the flu um, vaccination arrangements from September. And I believe that there will certainly be campaigns to try and encourage as many people as possible to take up that offer as well. I think the government are just um, looking at the arrangements to combine uh, or the opportunity to combine a flu vaccination with a top up for the COVID uh, vaccination. Okay. Those final details haven't been published yet. All right. Okay. So watch this space. So yep. David, thank you very much for coming on the show. I have to ask, what would be your advice to residents and citizens and how they conduct themselves? What are the key bits, key bits of information you'd want them to, to, ha- to know or key ways you want them to behave? Um, I think there's probably five or six key points I would like to emphasize. The first is, If you're in a busy place, it still makes absolute sense to wear a mask. And I know we've all got fed up with wearing masks, but actually they continue to be a very effective barrier protecting you and protecting others. So wear a mask. Keep your distance where you can um, and don't get uh, too close to people if you can avoid it. Um, Keep washing your hands. Infection control continues to be helpful uh, uh, part of the process so that um hands face space is an important uh, message but in addition to that the open air stay outside if you can open windows make sure there's plenty of ventilation it's an airborne virus and the the greater the air changes the less likely you are to catch it you can also make sure you've got your vaccination um get your double jabs don't just do the first one and think oh i've done that i don't need to do the rest get the second one it's only with the second one you really start to get into the uh, the full benefits of the vaccination And if you are interested, then you can still use the COVID app uh, because it is still working. We talked earlier on about how it's been refined and improved to try and make sure that people, uh, fewer people are caught in error uh, and that it's more effective at helping people understand whether they are at risk. And so I, I guess the last little bit I would add is test, don't guess. So make use of the community testing, either get them delivered to your home, go and collect them from a pharmacy or still go to one of the uh, local sites and you can then um, 
uh, test yourself. So if you're going out or you've been out, you can do a test. It's really quite simple. Half an hour later, you will get a result. Okay. Uh, and you can keep doing that. Fantastic. David, how could people contact you or where can they go to for more information? So I think there are uh, two important areas to go to. One is either the uh, Berkshire Public Health website, which I mentioned earlier on. It's a really useful resource if they want to look at information and look at their local area. And there's also uh, the Frimley Healthcare. We're part of what is called Frimley Healthcare. They're the, the ICS, as it's known, the Integrated Care Service. And uh, they've got a, a website, which is Frimley Health and care.org.uk they're both really good sites where there's lots of information and if you want some more information about our summer campaign that we're running about unlocking the summer um, then you can get that from our communications team which is at communications at rbwm.gov.uk david scott head of communities and leading the covid response in rbwm thank you very much it's been very very enlightening i appreciate your time thanks wisdom nice to talk okay bye-bye bye-bye well, there you go, Lars. That was a lot of information. We're going to take a quick break now. We're going to listen to Tones and I, Tone. Dance Monkey. Do you want to tell us about well, this? It's, it's, my daughter does like jumping around um, in the lounge, singing to Dance Monkey. So I just thought it would be nice and upbeat and, and jolly. <laughs> well, here we go. We enjoy. They say, oh my God, I see the way you shine. Take your hand, my dear, and bless them both in mine. You know you stopped me dead while I was passing by. And now I beg to see you dance just one more time. Ooh, I see you, see you, see you every time. And oh my, I, I like your style. Ooh, you make me, make me, make me wanna try.
There you go. That was just for Heidi. Tones and I with Dance Monkey. And, and Heidi, your dad was throwing some shapes here in the studio <laughs> in his lovely shirt. <laughs> I tease, I jest. That was very f- interesting. I mean, if you, sorry, let me welcome you back to River Radio and Politically Correct. That was Dance Monkey, uh, Tone by Tones and I. And we've just been listening to David Scott, head of communities from RBWM, just give a, a very detailed and in-depth rundown of what the new regulations are for COVID in the, since, um, since Monday. Explaining where you can go to get tests and who needs to actually self-isolate and what you do if you've been pinged. It was very useful, very interesting. But the key message is go and get jabbed, go and get your second jabbed. Don't wait because flu's around the corner. So get yourself protected. What were your thoughts, Lars? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm interesting. I'm one of those people that um, has a bit of an issue with needles. So, um, and even I went. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> even I, even I went. Um, I went to the first time I, I went to Windsor Racecourse. The second time I went to um, Salt Park in um, Salt Hill Park. Yeah, yeah, South. So I, um, I, I did the deed. Um, much to the, the my, deed. my anxiety <laughs> okay. levels prior to being stabbed with a needle i'm actually fine with being stabbed with the needle it's actually i'm hilarious to watch giving blood because as soon as i see the blood coming out of the needle i'm gone i know i'm good i'm okay with other people's um being bloody and blood and yeah it's just it's just it's just needles for me it doesn't blood doesn't bother me it's just the needle the whole thing of of needles so i'm gonna put you on the spot i've been double jabbed have you Yes. Excellent. Well yes. done. I had to because we, we, we've just recently gone on a cruise. On a cruise, So you couldn't go on the cruise unless you had both of your, your um, vaccinations. That was one of the conditions of, right. of, um, of the holiday. Good enough reason to go on a cruise. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so we, we talked about um, individuals and residents. What's in RBWM? What's happening around the, around the, around the Thames Valley? So Reading, there's a, rock, there's a festival coming up soon. There's also Wokingham. There's lots of other towns and boroughs around the area what's happening there with regards to to covid lars yeah so reading reading of course has got the um reading festival coming up um on the 27th of august to the 29th and um reading reading are advising that um travelers take along um stocks of lateral flow tests um and um I mean, it's important they they stock up on lateral flow tests from from a pharmacy or a local collection point um, before they leave home, and the festival goers will have to show evidence that they have a ne- a negative test prior to travel on the day of the festival, or proof of a full vaccination with both doses of the COVID nineteen jab. Okay, so they get the COVID vaccination, they take a test, and they're all clear, and they go in, and and that's it. What happens if they come out again? Do I have to do anything? If they have to come out and go back in, do they have to take yeah, another they, yeah. so lateral when, flow test? Yeah, if they, come, if they yeah. Go leave they leave the festival, go back in, they have to yeah. take another lateral flow test to make, maintain their COVID status. Okay. Um, so, and they will be offering free hand sanitizer throughout the whole event, so you can you can sanitize your hands. But which to your sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? I know, We're you know, up to our knees in mud, you know, you, and you want some hand you sanitizer. Know, you know, if you you put your hands up, they'll instead of foam, it's hand sanitizer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excellent. So, so Lars, basically, what you're going to have is a, is a big pack of beers in one arm and a, and a big pack of um, lateral flow tests in the other arm as you as you take your tent into the Reading Arena. Absolutely, and then lots of hand sanitizer instead of foam. <laughs> okay, so you can clean the mud off your feet. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm be, being serious though, but it, it is an issue which um, is yeah. going to be 
it has to be taken seriously. And what about other local authorities? Are there any other local authorities who've managed so, to come back to us to say that this is what we're doing? Wokingham have issued a um, um, statement to say that they are going to continue to support self-isolating residents despite the changes to the national rules from the 16th of August. Mm. So um, this this follows delivery of track and trace. The council's track and trace programme has involved calling residents who tested positive and informing them that they need to self-isolate. So it appears on the face of it they're, they're not... They're carrying on regardless. Right. And are they offering any other facilities at Wokingham? Yeah, whilst you're just checking the Wokingham press release, yeah. so we, we did actually speak to um, Slough and to Reading, but unfortunately... And we tried to reach out to South Bucks and... Sorry, South... Oxfordshire and, and Bucks, but unfortunately they weren't able to sort of put forward anyone to, to speak as eloquently as our own David Scott. We're nearly at the end of the show. Can you imagine that? I know. Your first show. How's Absolutely. it been? It's been great. <laughs> okay. And anything interesting you think we might have up in the future? What can you see? I know that we've got an anti-racism report coming up short, soon enough and um, we... we are there any other issues that you think, well, you know what, we've we got, must deal with that? got boundary changes, Bracknell's mm. got their local plan going, coming up. True, um, absolutely right. RBWM are still trying to get their local plan. <laughs> the local plan, the borough local yeah. plan. Right, okay. You know, they've been trying for a couple of years. <laughs> a bit more than a couple of years there. But of course, a local plan is a key document. Yes. And of course, you, you mentioned that we should be able to get some of our MPs on. I look forward to having... A yes. number of them, including yes. perhaps Theresa May, perhaps that's a bit too tall an order. Adam Freer, for sure. Adam, Adam, I'm sure I can, I can, I can get Adam, um, uh, possibly even Theresa and um, and the Bracknell MP. Okay, and Joe, is it Joe Morrissey? Where is she based? Joe Morrissey is in Buckinghamshire. All right. Um, so Again, she's she's based on in, our patch in Henley. Right. Yeah. A lot of a lot of true blue. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I mean, we may, may even may even be able to get Mister Swindlehurst from from Slower. Or Tan Tan Dassey. Absolutely, that would be fabulous to hear from him as well. Absolutely, great. So we've got a lot to look forward to in future episodes of Politically Correct. We've come to the end of the show, I'm afraid. Um, we've got one more song to play us out, and it's uh, "Falling" by by Julie Cruz. I hope you enjoy this song. That's not falling by Julie Cruz, but we're going to get falling by Julie Cruz. Here we go. Still not falling by Julie Cruz. There we go. Finally.
There we go. That's Julie Cruz and Falling, a beautiful, relaxing song. Well, you've been listening to River Radio and the Politically Correct Show, Wisdom to Costa and, and Last One. Join us again next week for another riveting edition. And listeners, don't forget, if you don't, who will? Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this.